Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 18, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, pretty interesting day. The market sold earlier in the day and put in really the same identical or almost identical, pretty much a mirror image of the intraday pattern that it did on Wednesday. What are we going to make out of that information? Well, not much at present. I just find it interesting. We'll decipher it a little bit further when we go down to some of the intraday charts. The first order of business is, what does that 388 and a quarter running across the top of the screen represent? Why is it right around the low of day? We'll get to that later when we get to inside the numbers. Where was the support today? It was around 388. In fact, when you see inside the numbers, you'll see that it was 388 and a quarter down to 387.67, I believe, was the number. So therefore, we did once again catch the low of day. Back to the daily chart, what's jumping off the page? What's jumping off the page is they're really just going sideways, eating time off the clock. If you take away the 388 and a quarter off the screen, all they've done is go back and forth, putting in a new high two days ago, came down a little bit, but remember, the trend is your friend until it's not. The trend is the dominant thing. That's the main reason why once the market sells earlier in the morning, it stops selling. There's a couple of reasons or a couple of things going on. A, the trend is the dominant thing. It's got the pull in the northern direction. The second thing going on is there's not enough institutional participation to push the market or price down any further. Individual stocks that have heavy volume, different story. But when you look at the SPY, the volume really isn't the type of hard sell type of volume. So when that's the case, we're looking for a low because we anticipate the fact that the buy the dip crowd will once again be successful. We are participants in the buy the dip crowd until the buy the dip crowd doesn't work. Each and every day it works, one day it won't, they will receive a conveyor belt of pies in the face. We know where we're wrong, so we have a ripcord in place on each and every trade. Most traders, unfortunately, end up trading on hopium, and therefore, when the market starts going or the trade starts going against them, they really have no idea where they're wrong. They end up hoping it comes back to even. That's the hopium trade. Let's frame the big picture. Taking a 30,000-foot view, is there anything wrong with the tape? Absolutely not. They're above all the moving averages. They haven't even come back to check in at or run a test of the 20-period moving average since they broke above it. Will they? Most likely. However, until and unless they're back below it, the trend remains up on the daily chart, period, full stop. Here's the intraday hourly chart I referenced just a moment ago, and it's really the same routine from yesterday. You can see what happened. So yesterday, they gapped down from the day before, and they rally back to close the gap. Today, they gapped down from yesterday's close, and they rally back. They didn't fill the gap, but they had the same pattern in place. Traders that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, will notice something interesting. 
on time, the market dropped this morning, and on time, the market stopped going higher this afternoon. By the way, the difference between these two things from yesterday and today is they didn't fill the gap into the close. So the question is, will they gap them up Friday morning to fill the gap? Will they keep going higher to finish Friday on a positive note as they like to do? Who is they? The market participants. That's who they is. When there's more of they on the bull side, the market goes up. When there's more of they on the bear side, the market goes down. It's as simple as who's got more money pushing the market in their direction. That's who wins the day. A couple of other things. We're switching gears. We're going back and forth. A couple of other things before we get into inside the numbers and review the stuff. I want to make mention of a few other things, a little bit esoteric, maybe, maybe not. So for one, and this one's pretty straightforward, we're looking for large swings in both directions, or that's really more of an awareness. We should be aware that we're going to get large swings in both directions. If in fact I'm right, and this market is in the process of making a turn, we were eyeballing the third week in February, which is this week. So maybe the market put in a top. So far, it did. However, if they make a new high, we have to readjust. But at the end of the day, this is what we're working with. This is the information that I've put forward. So we're working with, we're looking for a top. And we're looking for a top in this time zone. Keep in mind, they don't make this easy. It's hard to kill a bull. Topping is a process. We talked about the dash for trash. We talked about all the small cap stocks going up hundreds of a percent in a day, in a week, whatever it was. All that stuff happened. It's still happening. A lot of them are coming back down to earth. They're all crashing. That's the dump portion of the pump and dump. We talked about that yesterday. But most importantly, the first thing we're looking for is really a stark not a little, but a stark change in character. It'll start small, but it'll morph. So all of a sudden, no news is no news. Bad news has been good news. Good news has been good news. All of a sudden, a piece of bad news will be really bad news. That's when you can see a change or a shift in character in the market coming about. Another thing you'll notice for those of you CNBC, Fast Money, and Halftime Report watchers, all that stuff. Now, what you'll start to see, and I'm going into the future a little bit. I'm not saying this is coming tomorrow. Remember, today, technically speaking on the daily chart, there's nothing wrong with the tape. We're just kind of talking around things, getting a little bit, if you will, pre-prepared. What you'll see those people, the analysts on TV, the commentators, whoever... What you'll see them start to do is shift the conversation from fundamental analysis while stocks are going up to when the market shifts and we're in corrective mode, assuming we go into corrective mode, the conversation will shift where they will all of a sudden, out of nowhere, start discussing technicals. They rarely ever discuss technicals, but they do do it when the fundamentals ain't working. Couple of other things. So I said before, and I'm saying it again now, we're looking for a turn, but let's qualify it. What kind of turn exactly are you talking about? And we're going to classify it like this. It's the kind of turn where you should put on your big boy pants. If you're a trader of the female variety, you better put on your big boy pants anyway. What kind of turn are we talking about? We're talking about these kind of turns. 
Now, the market doesn't have to scale down like this as fast as this. It may or may not, but we're talking about this type of turn. Here's one from 2018. We're talking about this type of turn. Now, let's take it a step further. We just talked about big swings in both directions, so you need to understand something. When the market comes down, you're going to see stuff like this. Big move down. I was supposed to have a pen there handy. Big move down. And then you're going to see a huge rip up. It's going to look like everything's okay. It's going to feel like everything's okay. Then they're going to have another move down and then another rip up. That's the way it works. That's why a couple of things have to also be in the front of your mind. If you're trading this thing and you're short the market, for example, and you get a couple of three days in a row where the market just gets hit real heavy, you have to be taking profit along the way. You have to take profit at would-be big-time support levels because why? Because the market's going to get a huge bounce at certain points in time from certain prices. Some of the bounces will last a day or two or three. Some of them will last a week or two or three. You want to participate on both sides of the tape. You don't have to catch the top and you don't have to sell the bottom with nothing in between. It's very hard to do that. You can take pieces along the way. This is obviously from a swing trading perspective. How about inside the numbers? Let's check out things I think you should pay close attention because if you're active in the market during the trading day, this is your tour guide. We did catch the low of day and the number was put on the board long before price got there. So we get to the pre-market commentary. This is at zero dark 30. Wake up a little red and can't help but notice a little bit of a character change for Mrs. Market. Saw that yesterday, saw it today. So there is a little bit of a change from the norm, which was gap higher. Again, running a test of the big fat round number of ES3900. Okay, fair enough. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to let you read most of the notes. I'm just going to highlight a couple of things. As I scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. So as we get closer to the opening bell, posting a few more things, important things to remember, 3,900 coincides with 389.70. You have to get your faculties. You have to know where you are as the trading day gets underway. You want to know the big picture, know the important numbers so that when you're looking at the chart, you have a perspective from a long-term perspective and then an intraday or shorter-term perspective. So we're moving right along. As we get closer to the opening bell, the market starts to drift lower, my eyes get wide open, and we have to have more numbers under our belt, numbers that we can focus on after the opening bell. So at 9.12, here it is, just watching and thinking before the bell. The next logical spot below yesterday's 389.70 is around SPY 388.25. There's a gap at 387.67. For those of you that are going to send me an email that that gap was previously filled, I'm aware of that. That wasn't the purpose. There's another gap around 386 and change. There's a lot of gaps down there. So that's an awareness thing. We still need to see them open the thing. All right. So before the opening bell, now we've already put on the board 388.25. Now we know about the number. We're focused on the number. Let's see what else we've got. How about a little reminder? There will be wide swings in both directions and awareness. 
923. Can aggressive trader buy the market around 388 and a quarter down to 387.67 if they head there right out of the gate? So what I'm saying here is if they flush the market, is it still a buy zone? The answer was yes. Where would it be wrong? Closing candles below 387.67. There should be a reaction in the other direction if reached. That's the number if reached on a straight shot this morning. Says straight show, didn't catch the typo, should be straight shot. Now the bell opens, 935, no change, 388 give or take is still of interest for a long side trade. It should be support. No change, same 388 and a quarter down to 387, blah, blah, until they develop a storyline. Then we had FSLY hit its number, provided a nice base hit type of trade. We'll get back to that later. Now they're starting to provide hints of what the pivot is. At present, it's 389.50. You know the routine. Here's a five-minute SPY chart. 389.50, and by the way, right of the vertical, today's activity, 389.50 was the early pivot. So what happened? They trade around it, trade around it, trade around it. They break down to go where? To the next area of support. They do what? They find support. They go where? Right back to 389.50. So now we've got two important numbers on the board. Above, they likely float below, and the bulls will have fumbled, and the bears will run a test of the lows and likely lower. Still same thing, 389.50 is the pivot. 390.27, high of day, we don't need that right now, that's in case they were going to push higher. 10 o'clock, the more time that passes, the more 389.50 is still the pivot for now. The answer is yes at 10.05, 388.25 to 387.67 is still good from a support and long side trade perspective no change what are we saying there we're saying 388 and a quarter is a buy now they do the thing where they come up short and trade away so 389.25 or 388.25 is no longer the same trade third day in a row that happened they did it yesterday they did it the day before so what does that cause us to do it causes us to realize that when they do come back down, and they probably will, they'll probably be back until and unless they recapture 389.50 on candle closes. Now let's get our faculties one more time. Here's where they came up short. They bounced away, and that was a pretty good bounce. They didn't get to 389.50, but they did come back down. So what we were saying here is if they did get above 389.50, then they probably wouldn't be back down. So we're giving you the guidance to know your numbers, watch the tape, and know what happens if they're above, and know what happens if they're above under normal garden variety conditions. We use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the normal stuff happens over and over and over again. Let's move it along. Now by 1023, and there you have it. Now what? They're likely going to put in a morning low in the zone. We look for a morning pivot quite often. Sometimes it's a pivot high and they go sideways or pull back. Sometimes it's a pivot low and they go sideways each time off the clock or they rally. So we're looking for a pivot low. We're looking for an important price to happen during that morning low in the zone. Could take some time, but guess what? They found stability. They started to rally. The rest is history. And we always have to know where we're wrong. If they went lower, below 387.67 on candle closes, was that pull the ripcord type of place. And we're moving right along. 
So from this point, what I wanted you to see was that particular series of commentary. You know, by 1043, was that the morning low? Probably. They're in the zone in the morning. They do that all the time. They should work their way back to 389.50. And we know from earlier, above, and they're going to float, and I'm sure it's in here. Let's continue scrolling up a little bit. Here around midday, we dropped the pivot down 389.20. So above 389.20, and they'll float below 389.20, and there could be trouble. A retest of the lows of day would have been on the docket. And then here, we'll just run out the end of the day. You can pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. It's very important. If you're active in the market during the trading day or you want to be active during the trading day, how would you do this without the proper information? If you have the information, fantastic. If you don't have the information, here it is. Back to that hourly chart. I want to point something else out. How many traders do you think shorted the market in the hole this morning looking for a flush lower? Maybe that was it. They're going to continue down. How many traders shorted in the hole, meaning while the market was already down, and then was issued a pie in the face. I got news for you. Tons of traders. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Pretty interesting. We have a divergence again. Now, they were both down, they meaning the SPY and the IWM. But when we go to other charts, including the daily chart, you're going to see a difference. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. So isn't it leading the market in the southern direction. If you take a look at the daily chart and then you flip over to an SPY daily chart, you can see how the IWM is in worse shape over the last few days than the SPY is. Interesting, of note, puzzle piece on the table. How about an hourly chart of the SPY? You had that low, rallied back, looked like they wanted to fill the gap, ran out of time. What about the IWM? What does its hourly chart look like? Well, looks distinctly different. 221.65 was a gap that was filled the other day. We don't need that anymore, but you can see how all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, they rallied back to that today, found resistance at that spot, and traded away back in the southern direction. Now, maybe they gap up tomorrow, maybe they don't. But this chart is saying they're not going to gap up tomorrow. This chart is saying they're riding the 100-period moving average, eating time off the clock, building energy to do what? To have another push lower. Now you take a look at the 120-minute chart, and you notice it's really the same thing, yet they're riding under the 50-period moving average with the 100 lurking below. We have a former breakout area below as well, so we can say somewhere in the vicinity of this spot, which, oh, by the way, happens to coincide with the general vicinity of the 100-period moving average, that spot, plus we have this gap down here. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this general area around, let's call it 216, 217, even down to 213, 214, under normal garden variety conditions, A, that general zone will be magnetic and pull price into it if, in fact, you have a weak market and B, should find an assemblance at minimum, minimum of intraday support. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So it's a little bit different over here. That's why we treat and look at each chart independent of one another. So here's what I want to point out. We always go with what's the first thing on the page that jumps off? The first thing for me that jumps off is they're fighting the most recent breakup candle low. 
So here's the breakup candle, and the low is 12,913 and change. They spiked it today. They ran a test, didn't quite get to the bottom yesterday, spiked it today, and rallied back. They don't want to give up that low just yet. They're flirting and continuing to flirt with the highs. So there is somewhat, even though it was a down day, there's somewhat of a divergence in the look on the charts in several markets. But that's normal garden variety stuff if, in fact, they're trying to put in a top. It's a process. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Qs? All they really have done from a daily chart perspective, again, first thing that jumps off the page, all they've done is pull back after making another high to run a test of the 20-period moving average and the most recent breakout area. How can I say that? That's how. So the market ran up to a spot, and whatever the price is doesn't matter. It was this spot, and the reason it's that spot is because the market was rejected, went back down. That's the market's way of telling us that this price area right in here was important. So what do they like to do? Once they break above it, it's considered a breakout area. They ran up to it, rejected, broke out above it, and now they've come back to run a test of the most recent breakout area, and by the way, just happened to coincide with the 20-period moving average. So is there anything wrong from a daily chart perspective with the Qs? And the answer is no, absolutely not. Using the 80-20 rule, they did everything they're supposed to do, nothing more, nothing less. What about the financials? No change here, down 12 cents, but all they're doing is eating time off the clock, running sideways for the third day in a row. What do we do with that information? Nothing, because what the market is telling us, what the financials are telling us, is they want to have another push higher when they're finished eating time off the clock. Until and unless that changes, that's what's happening. Is the S&P and NASDAQ and IWM likely to be falling, falling fast in the other direction if the financials are breaking out yet again to the upside? And the answer is no. So one of these two things is going to have to change. Either the major indexes are going to rally once again, or the financials will turn around. But they're not going to diverge in a big way for very long. That's just the way the market works. What about Smash Mouth? The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index looks very similar to the transports. They're fighting the most recent breakup candle low. And by the way, in case you were wondering, yep, we're going to have the same conversation we just had, but it's an abbreviated one. So check this out. Instead of the 20-period moving average down here, they did the test of the most recent breakout area. How does that go again? They ran up here and rejected. Tells us this price area is important. So they come back to run a test after breaking out above it. Instead of coinciding with the 20-period moving average, coincides with the most recent breakup candle low. Funny how that works. So while the market does the same thing over and over and over again, the stuff within the full stack, the stuff we're looking for, doesn't always have to be the same. That's why you need to have a wide array of stuff in what we like to call the full stack. Sometimes it's a breakup candle low. Sometimes it's a moving average. Sometimes it's a fib retracement. Sometimes it's something else. Each and every time, it doesn't have to be the same as the last time. But if you have all the information, all the stuff, and where do you find all that stuff? 
It's all right in the course, lazy e-mini trader. Then at least, and at a bare minimum, you have a leg up on the competition. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.